The Iron Flute, Case 31. Isan summons two monks. Master Isan sent for the treasurer monk. But when the monk appeared, Isan said, I called the treasurer, not you. The treasurer monk could not say a word. The master then sent for the head monk. But when he arrived, Isan said, I sent for the head monk, not you. The head monk could not say a word. Nyogen Senzaki's comment. Monastery must have several officers. The treasurer takes care of the funds of the institution, and the head monk supervises all the monks in the zendo. Novices are kept in the zendo to continue their zazen, but old-timers are responsible for all the different monastic positions. Although the two monks in this case did not take pride in their roles, nevertheless, they hoped for some personal guidance when they presented themselves before their teacher. Isan detected this dualism and reprimanded them. It's so good to be here. Don't worry, I'm not contagious. Doctor said, it's okay. He also said, you'll probably be coughing for about a month. So when I cough, it's okay. All right? I Having a serious case of the flu, you know, it's not cancer, it's not AIDS, it's not MS, it's not any of these other really Parkinson's. So many people, so many dear friends are ill with long-term serious conditions. But who is not. Huh? You just don't know the name yet. It's a wonderful teaching. I found it to be anyway, because all my life I've been very willful. I remember many times when I was a child and I intended to do something. And my mother would say, no, no, you just got over the mumps. You're not going. I'm going. So I would go, and then I would come down with pneumonia. I was always right. It didn't stop me. But having this feeling of, I have to do it, projecting where I think I need to be, when I need to be there. 
is, after all, a very egotistical way of living and certainly does not embody what the Buddha taught about the middle way. The middle way is not some fixed point between two extremes, of course. The middle way is flowing naturally in harmony in midstream, feeling the current, knowing how to accord with circumstances as they are and as they are continuing to change. We can never say, okay, now I got it. Now I know what to do. That was then. So living with this great investigative spirit, what is appropriate behavior? What is the right direction to take? Knowing that too will change. It was a very strange feeling lying in bed knowing that you were starting session and dealing with this feeling and dealing with this outmoded idea of where I needed to be. I needed to be right in bed where I was. And I really deeply came to understand the power of this practice that goes on and on and on. Certainly is not about me or any one of us to enter the stream fully giving oneself over to it with trust, tasting the strength of Buddha Dharma in everything, this strong support carrying us no matter what we are doing. This trust that builds day after day in session, depending on no one, interdependent with all beings. This is the truth that each one of us comes to find out. It's not a truth that's owned by Buddha Shakyamuni Arisan, Rinzai, Dogen. It's your truth. We're bathing in this truth. And the more we trust it, the more we find sustenance, the more we find ourselves able to openly offer to whatever the moment asks. 
I got here after you had your lunch and thought, well, I have about an hour. I guess we'll see what happens. What's happening? Hmm? Que pasa? The birthday of our great Shakyamuni Buddha. The birthday of each of us. As you know, the legend says that upon his birth, the baby Prince Siddhartha Gautama stood up, took seven steps north, seven steps south, seven steps east, seven steps west, and then stood at the center of the universe, raised his right arm, pointed with his left to the earth, and said, from heavens above to the earth below, I alone am the world-honored one. Probably the first time you heard that, you might have wondered to yourself, that sounds a bit self-aggrandizing. Huh? I alone am the world-honored one. But do you remember when you were born? Who here remembers? Who here has been present for birth? And what did the baby say? <laughs> exactly. Same. Right? Same. Without exception. To be born is to say, here I am. I alone am the world-honored one. What does this alone mean? Never before, never after, and at the same time, this universal being born. All beings being born. <sighs> right here, right now. No separation, not even a hair's breath. To feel this so naturally emanating, fully present, nothing but this one. This one cannot be separated, all right? not at all from any beings, any time, any place. And we all started out that way. That's why great spiritual experiences are often said to be, to be born again to be truly born, right? To meet 
that right here, right now, with full maturity, fully present for this incomparable, wordless, timeless, boundless, everything we can say, we have to say less, less, less. So we have this birthright instead of original sin. We have this original I and the world honored one. Of course, as you know, we tend to go through all kinds of processes of education and we learn the ropes of living as a so-called civilized human being, which usually means we take on the lessons of how to exist as a separated identity so that we can fully experience suffering. Hmm? And of course, it's laden with all kinds of others, so-called others, expectations and assumptions. And we become very good at projecting how we should be so that we will be approved of by others, so that we can get ascendancy on the ladder of so-called success. And then we get to a place where we realize, uh-uh, all this has brought me is what? Anybody? Dis-ease. Dis-ease, another wonderful word for dukkha. Anyone else? A lot of self-condemnation starts to happen. And we seek a way out of dukkha. And someone says, try Buddhism. Buddhism is a way out of dukkha. No, no. The Buddha didn't teach the Four Noble Truths as a way to get out of anything. So what is it? You know what it's like when you try to jump out of one situation and then you find yourself in another one? And you think, well, this is going to be better, right? Uh-uh. That turns to everything. It's like not quite what you thought it would be. And you try this and you try that and you go here and you go there. Distraction upon distraction. And what do you end up with? Confusion. Confusion. Which is another good 
translation of dukkha. Mm-hmm. So when you start to sit, you realize that there's nowhere to go. There's nowhere you can finally step out of dukkha. So where is this great liberation then? You might want to know. Hmm? The promise of Buddhism. Anyone know? Where is it? How about right here? How about that radical? Yes! To it all. As it is. Right in the midst. Each one of us happily jumping snatching and running in our 395th lifetime as a fox. How good it is to be a fox when you are a fox. How auspicious to understand how to be fully human when you are a human with all of the confusion, with all of the pain and misery and dis-ease and wanting to get out. From heavens above to the earth below, where are you gonna go? So everything brings us to this point, this practice, this session, this day, this moment. Such fortunate karma we have to be here. And it's okay to feel, what the hell is she talking about? I don't feel fortunate. I feel miserable, tired, and in pain. It's okay. This is what we mean by fortunate karma. Right in the midst, there is this possibility, more than possibility, likelihood, more than likelihood, absolute conviction that you are Buddha, yourself. This is to be tasted, to be tasted deeply, deeply. In this case, Isan summoning two monks. What Master Isan was looking for was for someone who could present just as that baby Buddha did. He sent for the treasurer monk, Kogeza Arfus, 
But when she came, he said, I called the treasurer, not you. What would you have said in that case? Well, I am the treasurer, Monk. Did you forget? Here I am. No, you wouldn't have said that. They are both here. Hmm? They are both here. Oh, boy. (laughs) I think he saw that. Yeah. Here we are. So he said, I called the treasurer, not you. Treasurer Monk could not say a word. Sometimes we can speak, but we can't say a word. Master then sent for the head monk. When he arrived, Isun said, I sent for the head monk, not you. In this case, Jodo-san. Where is the head monk? She ain't saying. So many times I think we are summoned by our lives, called to make a response, direct response. And we may have some idea about what is being asked. We may have some sense of what would be appropriate. We may be carrying around some self-identity upon which we have also added the role that we have been asked to fill. So it does get a rather uh, complicated, uh, what did you, how did you put it? We're both here? We're all here. We're all here. <laughs> and probably being summoned by a teacher, there may be some feeling of excitement. Okay, what's, what's going to be asked of me? How can I help? Uh, what can I do? Or am I going to be examined in some way? Perhaps some trace of consternation or foreboding. In any case, how rare to be able to just appear. When was the last time you just appeared when you were called? Roju! Hi. Just hi. We have to burn off a lot before we can simply respond with no trace. No trace going, no trace returning. Just, just. To be able to say, hi, here I am, is so different from, okay, now what do you think is expected? Uh, I wonder if uh, it's going to talk about such and such, and uh, maybe I can help with that. Has a question about something. And the thing is, as you know from your own lives, we just don't have a clue what the next moment is going to ask of us.
And the more we try to figure it out ahead of time, even in the three minutes that it takes to walk down the hallway to the meeting room, those three minutes are filling, filling it to overflowing of conceptual garbage. It takes real courage to live our lives with complete and utter ready, ready, no preparation. Just, okay, here I am. Of course, as the first line of a poem that I've never forgotten that was written by my first husband, Lou Nordstrom, goes, need precedes. Hmm? I'm carrying around this little bundle of need. What do I need? I need some personal guidance. What do I need? I need to make sure that he sees that I'm really capable of doing such and such. What do I need? I need, 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 need. Going on all the time and in this refrain. Need precedes and separates and traps us and slaves. So this is what we learn sitting here. Get rid of it. Whatever comes up, get rid of it. Whatever genius insight, get rid of it. It's so nice for you not to have a teacher offering doksan, isn't it? It's just, for Christ's sake, just sit down. Don't prepare a damn thing. So this is our session. Whether I offer doksan or not, please don't burden yourself. Come as you are.